In the northeast of India, you'll find an unusual quirk of geology. A mountainous plateau pushed up by the same continental crash of tectonic plates that created the Himalayas. And next to it, the vast flat plain of Bangladesh. As air flows over Bangladesh's hot, steaming plains, it's like they're passing through a sauna. The clouds soak up the steaming moisture until they hit the steep plateau where they're squeezed through these narrow gaps in the mountains. It's like a wet towel being twisted till every single drop has fallen. It's the perfect storm for a storm. This region of India is known as the Meghalaya Plateau. Meghalaya means the abode of the clouds. And it's one of the wettest regions on the planet. Some of the villages get as much as 38 feet of rainfall a year. 38 feet of rainfall. The rain comes down in these raging torrents that over time have carved their way into the limestone, creating these deep canyons overflowing with raging rivers. For the Kasi tribes, living in one of the wettest places in the world, crossing these torrents was an act of life and death. And normal bamboo bridges, they just got washed away. And wooden bridges rot in the humidity. But hundreds of years ago, the Kasi tribes solved this problem with one of the most beautiful, elegant solutions that you can imagine. Because up there, in Meghalaya, among the clouds, the bridges aren't built. They're grown. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're taking a trip through the subtropical jungles of Northeast India to visit the living root bridges and the impassioned people who are building a movement to save them. That's after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Oh, boy, actually... My first trip to the Root Bridges, it was in 2011. That's Patrick Rogers. He's a travel journalist and the author of The Green Unknown, Travels in the Kasi Hills. And we just hiked down to it on a day trip. Um, 
And it was like it was in the middle of the monsoon season. Uh, so all of the rivers were like really flooded and crazy. And there was like, you know, trees going down in the rivers. And um, it, those were like really beautiful conditions to, to see the root bridges on. Um, however, there was someone else staying at the hotel with us at the time. And the person drowned in, the, in one of the rivers near the root bridges. Oh, my God. Um, being there under those conditions as awful as they were, it really, really said something about the region that gave you this really strong impression of why you would engineer something under these circumstances. Just to be clear, these are not bridges that are made from the trees. They are the trees, or at least the roots of them anyway. And these bridges are alive. Leaves are sprouting from them. Little roots dangle down off of them and and suck up the moisture from the rapids below. And they, they really do look like something from a fantasy world. Here is this combination of two things that you just never would have thought would go together, as in infrastructure and fig trees, or infrastructure and growing plants. I mean, not, not to sound corny, um, but they just look kind of magical. I mean, they, they look like something that elves would make. The bridges were grown by the Kasi tribes, a matrilineal culture where family names follow the female line and property goes to the youngest daughter. The Kasi are believed to be among the earliest settlers of the Indian subcontinent. And to grow a living root bridge, the Kasi would take the roots, which hang off of the ficus elastica tree, and guide them across a river or a canyon. Sometimes they used hollowed-out tree trunks or bamboo scaffolds to give the roots support until they were strong enough to hold themselves up. If you can get the thing growing and stable initially, You've just got this structure, which will just get stronger and stronger and stronger over time. Even so, to get a good root bridge is no simple process. The bamboo frameworks rot and have to be replaced, and the roots need to be continually trained and guided. It can take decades for the roots to knit together into something truly usable. And it's all done in a place where flash floods regularly rip apart the landscape. Growing your infrastructure is an act of patience. Get past those early years, and you've created something that can last a lifetime. Is there a sense of how old uh, the oldest of these root bridges are? If you're talking to someone in a village, uh, you'll frequently get an answer which is more than 500 years. Patrick kind of stumbled into the root bridges beat. He saw his first one in a brochure at a Megalia tourism booth. Intrigued, he went to check it out. But he certainly didn't expect to find any more. People had told me in no uncertain terms that you don't find living root bridges elsewhere. But then Patrick trekked to another region and saw another root bridge. And then another. And another. It just turned out that there were just all of these root bridges everywhere. And Patrick began documenting every root bridge he could. Everything from teeny tiny root bridges. It was just like the, the bonsai version to enormous, tattered, gnarled root bridges. It has, you know, these gigantic, thick roots that are, like, several feet across, and, like, the the whole structure is about 170 feet across. What had at first seemed like an interesting tourist attraction had turned out to be an essential cultural practice, hundreds of years old, and spread throughout the region. 
In his travels, Patrick documented over 70 root bridges. At the same time, these things were facing a large number of threats in a lot of these areas, too. So, A, you have this gigantic, really important um, part of world heritage. B, uh, it's fading in a lot of these areas. And C, it wasn't that nobody knew about any of this. It was that the extent of this was not documented. So, yes, I mean, I I shifted the the focus of my writing somewhat more towards root bridges after that. As Patrick made it his mission to find and document as many of these root bridges as he could, he met a local Kasi, a young guide, who had a plan to save the root bridges. I was born early in the morning before sunrise. So my mom was one of the most educated women at that time. So she decided to give me an English name, Morningstar. His full name is Morningstar Kongtha, and he's a member of the Kasi tribe. So these living bridges were a part of his everyday life growing up. He told me one of his earliest memories of crossing a root bridge. When I was um, five, six years old, when my dad carrying me in his back, crossing one single route across the river during the monsoon. It sounds scary for me. I cried a lot. How old were you when you got more involved with the root bridges? When I was um, 16 years old. Oh, so young. You were you're just a teenager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but now I'm 25. Since he was a teenager, Morningstar has been aware that many of these incredible structures were disappearing. And in 2016, Morningstar founded the Living Bridge Foundation. I work for conservation of uh, Megala's living root architectures and the entire ecosystem of these structures. What are some threats facing the root bridges? There's lots and tons of threats. Number one, um, the introduction or the introduce of uh, this modern architecture and infrastructure, like the concrete, the cable, you know, and um, uh, also inter-village rivalry, which came just recent years, where the villagers claim ownership of these bridges. So that's how they become to fight each other. Some places where they burn the bridge, some places they cut off the bridge to, uh, to destroy. And it's not just people or construction. The environment itself can threaten these structures. An incessant rains in Meghalaya, meanwhile, has also taken its toll on the famous tourist site. In this video, a raging torrent of water rushes just under one of these root bridges. Morningstar told me that the bridges are built to survive this kind of torrential flooding, even be fully submerged. But these days, there are a lot of other climate-borne challenges. Landslide, heavy monsoon, soil erosion, it causes damage of the bridge. My village, we have about 20 bridges. And uh, now, according to our elders, we have lost 10 bridges because of the climate conditions. Morningstar is quick to point out that this isn't just about root bridges either. There's a lot of other living architecture. We also have these uh, ladders, platform, you know, swings and uh, tunnels beside bridges. Wow. So there's like a whole, um, like tons of different kinds of root architecture around? Yes, yes. According to our needs in our villages, we built these structures from the roots. And this... This root architecture, it's a fundamental part of the landscape. Besides the bridges and ladders, there are places where the roots are woven into nets that hold the soil 
against floods and landslides. They literally hold the place together. The living bridges should be protected. And the people, the elder, who have been struggling hard to build the structures should be recognized by the, the world. All of us now, we, are, we understand that we really need to protect and conserve and also to multiply these uh, structures. Have you worked to start any new root bridges yourself? Um, a lot. We have been started uh, about eight bamboo bridges. And we have been planting uh, more than 60 uh, sapling of these ficus. So you'll be about maybe 35 or 40 when those are, are ready. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I think so. I love to see these bridges. I love to cross my barefoot on the roots. It's because the connection between human and nature. Morningstar Kongtha is working on creating a learning center about the Living Root Bridges. He's got plans of opening it in the next year or two. Meanwhile, Patrick Rogers is working on his new book about trekking across the Kasi Hills. And apparently there are even preliminary talks of creating some kind of Root Bridges National Park. Let's cross our fingers. I want to thank Morningstar Kongtha and Patrick Rogers for both taking the time to tell me about the incredible living root bridges. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, me, Dylan Thuris, Sarah Wyman, John Delore, and Peter Clowney. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. This episode was mixed by Luz Fleming and John Delore. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. Witness Docs from Stitcher.